welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. I felt like you were shaking the table when you were I was. I was animated. I was like, hello. <laughs> Fuck, shaking the mics. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Mark Salcedo, the uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quickly, we don't have to go into details. Okay. We went brewery hopping, which Mark doesn't <laughs> think is a thing, but I'm sure some people do it mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Told the only two brokers that showed up in my office about it today. Mm-hmm. You know, surprised to know that Mike knows a couple of the spots we went to. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end of it, especially after your comments at Frogtown, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking, you know, were the both of us so messed up? I don't know which one of us is worse. <laughs> it probably was me. Yeah, because you're tasting Chinese food and... Yo, that shit tastes like Chinese food, okay? It tastes like Chinese food. <laughs> Not backing down from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that one was bad. Uh, we're, we're talking about beer, uh, brewed beer. I don't know. Is I'm, there any other kind of beer? Well, like, I mean, because, like, there's beer, there's, like, there's, like, beer you get in a can, and there's, like, brewery beer. You can actually, like. You mean draft? Yeah, I would say draft. Fuck it. This shows how much I drink beer. Let's go with that. <laughs> All beer ends up in a can or a bottle. Yeah, but not the stuff I, I spit out. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, go on, sorry. So, anyways, I don't know about that one because it tasted really bad, and I don't, I didn't get Chinese food off of it. But the next one that you said it was like licking the blade of a lawnmower, mm-hmm. I thought that one tasted kind of okay. Like it was kind of good. Because you like the taste of a lawnmower blade. We got so, it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal to Ease and Real. And you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. This, oh yeah, I forgot. Review us on iTunes, then we'll get noticed. Yay! Do it, do it, do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, oh yeah, the list of segments. (laughs) I'm just going to say, oh yeah, the whole entire show. Oh yeah, wait. Oh yeah, yeah. wait. Oh yeah. That's it. Never taking a break (laughs) off ever again. (laughs) Fucking up the flow. Fucking up the flow. Our segments are the news, our recent review of Malignant, our variety time is Mark's enthusiasm was curbed heavily, heavily, and our geriatric cinematic is Basket Case, the the 1982 one, the first one. Yeah, not the Green Day song. Yeah, not the Green Day song. (laughs) I saw that it was a Green Day song about an hour ago. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, we're we're doing uh, reviews of songs now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, our high ratings are going to go. That's my sound effect of it. Uh, tanking. <laughs> For some reason, I pictured like the, what's that thing? Like that whistling that's like, pew. <laughs> that's called a slide whistle. Slide whistle. <laughs> I, I love d- those things <laughs> as a kid. Ugh. I would not have liked you. <laughs> you don't like me now. What are you talking about? That's true. <laughs> uh, what's the topic, Mark? <laughs> Is that a mole on my back talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to start talking about your favorite topic ever? I think one of the first things we ever talked about when when we started 
being friends with Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, so in the news, um, it came out that Russell T. Davis is coming back as the showrunner for Doctor Who in 2023. Um, you know what? We've never really talked about Doctor Who on this show and like... Like our like our, detail, our, yeah, in detail, and like our like love for the show and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who don't know, who've never met me in person, I'm like a huge Doctor Who fan. Like even He's like, even got a tattoo on his arm. Yeah, I have like a TARDIS tattoo on me and everything. Um, and not not just like recent years. I like the old stuff too, like the Tom Baker's, the uh, what's it called uh, Tom Baker, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, uh, Paul McGann, like all like William Hartnell, all those old Doctor Who's. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh davis uh was the one who kind of like who actually relaunched doctor who in 2005 um and then he's the one who ushered in you know, Eccleston, christopher Eccleston, david tennant um and then eventually after he left uh, uh stephen moffat became the showrunner um and then from there it was uh chris uh Chib- chibnall chibnall i always have a hard time saying well, i have a hard time saying know. a lot of names i don't know if that's right i just make a lot of guesses yeah but <laughs> Well, let's go with that. Um, so, yeah, like Moffat left to go do his own. And I'm off. I'm sorry. Russell T. Davis left to go do his own thing. He uh, he did a, a series called A Very English Scandal, uh, Years and Years, um, five part miniseries. It's a sin. And he also did. Uh, he, he's also the one who, br- who brought out like Torchwood and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So when. Um, so earlier this year. Uh, Chibnall had it, he it announced that he was going to bounce. He was like leaving the show, as well as the Thirteenth Doctor, Jodie Whittaker. Now, I always thought this was I thought this was weird when this was announced because every time a showrunner for Doctor Who is about to leave, you hear who's going to be the next up, who's going to be the next showrunner, somebody somebody that they groom. For Davis, it was Stephen Moffat. For Stephen Moffat, it was Chris uh, Chibnall. But like nothing came out like at all. I was like, this phone sounds weird. And that's this 13th uh, Doctor iteration has been the writing, problematic. The writing is bad. Mm-hmm. Like I, I actually like uh, Jodie Whittaker as as this Doctor. But she was just never given anything like good to go with. You know, mm-hmm. they kept like going back to like the old villains and stuff like that. And like these arcs that like went nowhere or like kind of like went poo-poo and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So when I heard uh, Chibnall was leaving, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking like they, they they might be leaving on bad terms. That's my guess. Because like I said, you normally hear something um, like who's going to be the next showrunner. So now they, like I said, Russell C. Davis decided to come back. He actually had a quote. He said, um, I'm beyond excited to be back on my favorite show, but we're time traveling too fast. There's a whole series of Joey Whitaker's brilliant doctor for me to enjoy with my friend and hero chris uh chibnall at the helm i'm still a viewer uh for now so i'm excited but hesitant uh what's it what, optimally uh optimally ca- uh, cautious or something? cautiously optimistic yeah thank you here's why i'm cautiously optimistic because davis uh did great arcs in doctor who Excuse me. He did like some great arcs for mm-hmm. like his run, right? Even mm-hmm. Moffat did some great arcs, right? Mm-hmm. 
so like and that's the thing i liked about doctor who like these overarching arcs are like these really like oh shit moments and yeah, stuff like, like all that. the little stories didn't really seem to connect mm-hmm. until they did and that's what i liked like there was always like a lot of little stories going on but there was mm-hmm. always like they were trying to get somewhere or stop something. Yeah, and it was like a huge reveal, right? Mm-hmm. And then with this, with uh, Chibnall's arc, with the whole timeless child thing, that should have been something huge. Like, actually, it's something that should have been laid out for multiple seasons because this is like a huge revelation with the Doctor. This is like changes the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yet when that, re- when that reveal happened, I was like, oh, that's it? I mean, you kind of just, like, took the thrill away from it now. Yeah, exactly. Of, like, of, uh, you took the Doctor Who, like, he might not make it kind of thrill away. Um, so I'm hoping uh, Davis will fix that or bring some bring back to that good old, like, real interest into it. Um, but the cautious part is that he's also one of those showrunners that relies on old villains. Master, Santoran, Daleks, Cybermen, all that shit. Fucking tired of seeing them. Mm-hmm really fucking tired of seeing the Daleks and Cybermen. I brought up the Ood to you the other day. Yeah, you brought the Ood. Ood was really interesting, too. They haven't really used the Ood that much in, like, this past season, which is like, okay. Um, Even the Master came back. Did not care. At all. (laughs) I like who they got to play the Master. Don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, these audio dramas, these Doctor Who audio dramas that a lot of people... Outside of America, outside of the the United Kingdom, that don't that uh, who haven't listened to them, they got some great stories. They need to pull some of that shit out. They mm-hmm. need to pull off some of them writers because those stories are fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we just have to we'll have to wait to see. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I could be wrong. I could be right. I don't know. We'll wait to see. That's just my opinion. Yeah, the only one that matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> News reliable. <laughs> well, mm. the next thing that we're going to talk about, because uh, my opinion is more important than yours. <laughs> if you say so, white woman. Why are you going to bring race into it, huh? Yeah. See, now you make me feel bad like a white woman. <laughs> joke, joke. All right, whatever, whatever. What's going on? Um, so there's going to be a Super Mario Brothers movie, like everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And they've got some cast members that they've announced. So we've got Crisp Rat, um, Anya Taylor Joy, mm. Keegan Michael Key, and Seth Rogen. Mm. Crisp Rat and Charlie Day, they are going to play Mario and Luigi. Anya Taylor Joy will play Princess Peach and the supervillain Bowser. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, no, no. The uh, the grammar was wrong, so I thought oh, I was okay. like I was confused. Why is she playing Bowser, but she's not? <laughs> okay, take two. Anya Taylor Joy will play Princess Peach, uh-huh. and the super villain Bowser will be play will be played by Jack Black. Yeah, not they, v- they put a weird uh, just a comma in a weird spot. Yeah, it's um no, it's it's not the voice of Jack Black. It's, he's actually he literally will be playing Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we've also got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. For, I can't imagine that. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad? 
Yeah, because Toad doesn't really talk, does he? I, no, not really. But I think that's why they got Keegan Michael Key because, like, they, maybe that character is going to be like the wild one or something like that. Mm. He's going to be like, you know, how they say like the most quiet one or the like really the loudest one and shit mm-hmm. like that. So my guess is that's why they got him to play that role. Gotcha. Uh, Fred Armisen is going to be Cranky Kong, and then Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. I don't even know how to say his name. And uh, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. Who is Kamek? I think Kamek is like the magical kind of like. Kamek is the one that's like on the cloud. Yeah, he's like. He's let me see. with the, the hard shell turtle with the spikes, but he's in the cloud. He's always the one that's like. Oh, no, no. This this is the wizard one. Kamek is the wizard one. Oh, yeah. He's the wizard one. Yeah, yeah. I think the one who like throws the, the shell with the spikes, I think that has like. That's something else. Oh. I always thought it was the guy who's like, if you start a new race, mm-hmm. he's like, or he'll like come with a cloud and like fish you off the side if you fall. Oh, yeah. That yeah, wasn't yeah. him. No, I don't think that's him. Whatever. We're not real fans. <laughs> um, Chris Melandrandis. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say his name. Um, he. Oh, uh, Illumination label. His Illumination na- label is making the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to come to theaters December 21st, 2022, mm. with Universal Pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo and Universal are co-financing the project. Okay. Which I really find interesting, because I know Nintendo's real stingy with their... Their um, their, pro- their IP? Yeah. Do you know why we haven't got a, like, a Nintendo-based movie? Why? Because of Super Mario Brothers. The one that came in the 80s? Mm-hmm. The experience was so tr- horrific... In the for production, who? For Nintendo and for everybody behind that production. <laughs> Every like I got like oh I'll show you videos of like here's a here's a fun fact. So you've never seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? I think I did, but you know. Okay, so you know I had Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. and John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dennis Hopper was in it too. The scripts were constantly changing every fucking day. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Like uh-huh. the because it was like a it was a directing and writing uh, duo. It was a husband and wife. Their names are escaping me right now. Um, but they didn't know what the fuck they were doing so badly that it caused headaches for everybody on set. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins used to get drunk every day of shooting just to cope with that shit. <laughs> um i think dennis hopper like threatened to like beat the shit out of the director um there's this there's this r- r- well-known interview with bob hoskins where they're like what's the worst experience you've ever had on a set mario brothers what's the worst movie ever done mario brothers like that's, that's <laughs> his entire response to every question mario brothers mario brothers <laughs> um so that's why like that's why this has happened my guess is like nintendo probably has really something um uh, oh, not, not Nintendo, uh, Illumination. And uh, who's writing the script? Um, Let me see. It looks like... Well, Melandrandi is producing for Illumination um, with Shigeru Miyamoto, Miyamoto yeah, yeah. of N- Nintendo. Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek are directing. Um, they've also worked together on the animated series Teen Titans Go and the film Teen Titans Go to the movies. Um, the script is from Matthew Fogel who has also done the Lego Movie 2, the second part, and the upcoming Illumination title, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, like, the Teen Titans go to the movies is actually funny. Mm. 
Uh, it's, it's kid stuff. Um, I heard that I know that Lego that Lego uh, movie two, the second part, wasn't as successful as the first Lego movie. Uh-huh. Um, I don't even think it was as successful as like that Batman Lego movie. No, the Batman one was the best one. Yeah. And then the Minions, the Rise of Gru, that hasn't come out yet. So, but and I, also, I, I hate the fucking Minions. I think like you and every other parent hates, hates the Minions. I know. I don't hate them because of my kids. My uh. kids do not like the Minions. They don't bring them up to me really, so I don't know what they really think about them. Mm-hmm. No, I hate the Minions because old fucking out of touch white people tattoo them everywhere, put Ooh, them in their really? cars, Eesh. use them that in memes. You know, like, <laughs> fucking have them on their wallpaper, on their phones. Like, I feel like I can't get away from them because 50-plus-year-old people mm-hmm. love them so much. And they, they use them. They even uh-huh. use them to, like, animate their favorite, like, live, mm. laugh, and love bullshit. So you more... You more have, so have you seen the, the these Despicable Me movies? I'm sure you have. I'm sure you showed the girls. At that. least the first one. I, I've seen... Uh, I know I've seen one and two... I think I've seen. <laughs> I think there's like a part three I might have seen. There's a part three, but um, I saw the very end of it at the doctor's office the weekend before last. <laughs> yeah, I and I my my daughter. Yeah, there's Despicable Me three. I think I have seen part three. Um, Leia has watched one and two like over and over again. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly like hate the minions or the Despicable Me movies. They're actually kind of funny mm-hmm. to me, but like, I just hate that Pharrell song. That fun, 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 fun. It's just like, oh. ugh. Anyway, so so what do you think about this? <laughs> you didn't about notice this about the minions being everywhere for like they're like the I, no, old I, people. Th- that's the thing. Mascot. That's the thing. I have noticed them, but like I've only been like, oh, there's another minion, and just block it out. Like, let me no, just, I can't. Let I'm me like, just purge that out right now. I think I lose at least eighty brain cells every time I see one. Mm. <laughs> so, so I I, I want to bring up the story because there is a lot of talk about the casting because the casting seems really fucking odd, like the fact that they they got Chris Pratt to play Mario. Chris Pratt. It's crisp Pratt. Rat. Yeah, crisp rat. Uh-huh. Um, he's playing Mario, and I'm like, me, I'm kind of like, what? Like, why him? Yeah, I get that. It was really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they probably wanted him because he did Guardians of the Galaxy and he can be kind of fun and like Mario can be kind of wild. Yeah, but see, like that's the thing. Like the Mario character has such a distinct voice, even though it is like in today's standards kind of racist because he's like <laughs> a stereotypical Italian. Like, oh. It's a me, a Mario. Yeah, exactly. Right. But like it's so we're so familiar with like every time we think of the character i hear the voice like if i think of batman i think i think of kevin conroy it's just uh-huh. it's just synonymous with that character so that's i'm like what and then another thing is like i can i i actually kind of like the idea of charlie day playing luigi but i want him to play him like a dick like a complete <laughs> asshole <laughs> um also i just don't like chris pratt yeah, you just don't. Like, I can I can tolerate the guy. I can because I because of the whole fucking church thing and his like. That's understandable. What I, is it? Homophobia bullshit. He doesn't really have homophobia. The his church is has been known for like uh, gay conversion therapy. 
Yeah, and but whenever, he's totally a supporter of them. Like, well, he's supportive. Of, that's the thing. He like, I want to say he's a supporter. Well, yeah, he's a supporter of them, but he doesn't like whenever somebody like confronts him about it. He kind of just goes like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, I have, I am not a part of that part. That part of that sect of like of my church. So I'm not gonna really like hold that against him. Okay. I feel like you just like inner eye rolled me right now. I totally <laughs> did. That's like saying someone's not racist because they're not actively involved in the bullshit that they're around. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> Watch Chris Pratt comes out. I heard guys. <laughs> or he secretly is gay. Nah, I don't think so. That's that's why he married uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. So he could be closer to Arnold Schwarzenegger because he has a crush Oh, yeah, on him. That, yeah, that's, yeah, totally. Ooh, that boy's hot. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. I can I can picture that. Uh, Jack Black. I could also picture her as Bowser. <laughs> uh, I can totally picture Jack Black as Bowser. Um, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I figure this Donkey Kong's going to be like some form of high. Probably. Stone or something. Uh, Fred Armisen, yeah, I can tell a picture of that. Fred Armisen is like, he's a weird ass cat. And the others, uh, Kevin Michael Richards, Richardson, he's the one who does the voice of uh, Dr. Hebert now. Who's that? <laughs> From The Simpsons. He's like the Bill Cosby esque, like, character like. Oh. Um, and Sebastian Moscacalo, whatever. <laughs> I know he's a stand up comic, but I've never seen his, any of his work. Um, Maniscalco. Maniscalco. <laughs> Uh, but I'll, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like I'll check this out. Just yeah. to see. Cause like, I think we're probably going to check it out and review it. Oh, my God. We can do that and the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Oh, shit. I feel like I think we had a conversation one time about Mario, the old Mario movie. And for the longest time, I think Kyle mm. was like always cracking jokes about Big Bertha. And we would always be calling everyone Big Bertha <laughs> because of the girlfriend. Mario Bros. The big black girl. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, all right, is that it for Mario? Yeah. Okay, so one, uh, what else happened in the news? And this is pretty fucking huge. Marvel is suing to keep the rights of Avengers characters from copyright termination. Um, so it looks like Disney Marvel is suing to hold full control of the Avengers characters like Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Falcon, Th- Falcon, Thor, and a bunch of others as well. So this was reported by The Hollywood Reporter. What happened is that um, they're trying to stop, like, hairs of, like, is it hair or air? Air. Yeah, hairs of, like comic book creators like Stan Lee, Steve Dicko, and Gene Collin from like taking back these characters. Mm -hmm. Um, There was like this huge article that came out about how a lot of like these big characters that Marvel was using, like that were created by certain like comic book artists and writers. Mm -hmm. Marvel's making like these billions of dollars off these characters and these, these writers, then I can jack shit. Cause Uh they're essentially, cause it's not really their property. You know, it's not like the property of Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, What's his name? Um, oh, the guy who created Th- Thanos. Uh, Jason Stalin, I think his name, or James Stalin. He got like $5,000 for that. For, Marvel was like, here's $5,000. I'm like, that's it. That sucks. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're trying to like, essentially trying to make sure that there's like no copyright termination. Um, 
and that if like Marvel loses ownership, like it's the character worth billions of dollars. Okay. So in August, the administrator of Dicko's estate filed a notice of termination on Spider-Man, which first appeared in comic book in 1962. Um, under the termination provisions of copyright law, author, authors and their heirs can reclaim rights once granted to publishers after waiting a uh, statutory set period of time. According to the termination notice, Marvel would have to give up Dick Ditko's rights to its iconic characters in 2023. These characters are billions of dollars worth. Mm-hmm. Marvel is going to like fight to the nail to like keep this shit. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny because like with this and the whole Black Widow thing and then... Like, there's kind of been, like, some stuff going on with, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays Shang-Chi. Uh, Simu Liu. Mm-hmm. Like, Marvel's kind of been, like, like repeatedly showing up in the news in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is my, so, I, I, this is my, this is my thing, my thoughts on this. I love Marvel. I love their movies. They're fucking fun to watch. But before that... I'm always for the artist's rights. Mm-hmm. Flat out. You yeah. create a character, you should be paid if if your character is being used. It's just for anything at all. I believe that. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is the heirs mm-hmm. who did not create the characters are like, mm-hmm. okay, I want I want it now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, I guess you can say it, it can't it can't kind of come off as like, oh, these characters are worth money. Now, now I want these characters back. Mm-hmm. That kind of, that does that does make sense. I see. Like, it. like I do believe that, like moving forward, mm-hmm. Marvel should definitely pay their um, creative talent better. Yeah. And you know, like writers, I feel like always get the fucking shaft. Like, they're not as big as directors for some reason. Like directors don't make the story; they do make it fun to watch, but mm-hmm. they don't create the fucking story. Yeah, like there's like certain. Uh, creatives that like will um have a property get made and they still have the rights to it um perfect example is uh homegirl who just won an emmy um she did the series called i may destroy you her name is uh michelle cole she did that show i may destroy you um she went to netflix and netflix was like we'll make it we'll make it for you we'll Mm -hmm. give you this money but you don't own the rights period yeah and she was like no this is my shit. Mm-hmm. So she took it to HBO and she fucking won an Emmy for it. Right. Right. And sh- and she owns her own content. Yeah. She owns the own content. So that's, that is very important. Um, some of these, like, they, like there's been like this whole legal battle has happened with Batman. It's happened with Superman. Um, uh, like for example, the person who is representing like, um, these people trying to get the copyright termination made, uh, dude's name, Mark, uh, Toberoff, uh, who famously represented Superman creators Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster in an un- unsuccessful termination attempt against Marvel. So he's DC. oh yeah, sorry against DC. So he's like, he's like working with these people as well. You know what I find interesting about that? Hmm. Why the fuck are you gonna hire the fucking people who lost their previous copyright uh, termination mm-hmm. suit against DC? I, okay, I, here's the reason why I think they got. They got this guy. It's because um, he knows the law. 
he knows what to go through. Like, like, no, like, like th- that person like knows the ins of out has been through this before. You know, I would rather get somebody who's experienced with this instead of somebody who's not experienced with this at all. Even if they did lose. And Matt, but mind you, this is DC. That's like a f- serious fucking fight you got to go against. But so is Marvel. Exactly. So you want somebody who's, who's dealt with the big boys. Like if it's somebody who's like, oh, I went up against like, I don't know, Image Comics or something like that. That's like a smaller brand. That's like, mm, all right, but you never win against the big boys. So that uh, that's my guess. That that's why they went with this. I don't. Uh, I don't think it all comes down to experience. I think it also comes down to like, I don't know, fresh set of eyes, a different way of coming at things. Mm. I don't know, like, and maybe that whole thing is super public anyway. Mm-hmm. So anyone who had, there's tons of copyright lawyers out there. Mm-hmm. And see, but my guess is like this: this Toborov cat, maybe, um, they're not. He's not so easily swayed because he, he's an intellectual property attorney. He's not so easily swayed by Marvel. Like if I'm sure DC probably came to him and was like, you know, you kind of push this to the side or something like that. We'll give you this much, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So my guess is like this is kind of a dude who's like, nah, like if Marvel offered me something that's not like what my client wants, I don't want to fucking hear it. Mm. That's that. But like I said, I just I'm just. So, uh, make an assumption with this yeah i still think it's idiotic but whatever well we'll see we'll see what happens you my this so i actually um so this is my guess what, what might actually happen marvel's gonna come to these heirs saying all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna give you this amount write it down face it down a piece of paper and slide over this is how much you're gonna get and you're gonna be like all right because like how much yeah, money? but they're gonna have to fucking pay yeah but, but not but, like a hundred thousand dollars oh no no but see that's five hundred thousand dollars a character or anything like but that. see that's the thing marvel like i mean before the pandemic every marvel movie made at least a billion dollars and, and, and disney's gonna have to put some money in too because you have here that disney's facing the loss of full ownership yeah if they don't want marvel to lose which in turn would be them losing mm-hmm. then they might also want to foot some of that yeah and, and I totally see Disney doing that because Disney is like fucking, I can't even think of the number, how much money Disney fucking gets. Like Disney bought Star Wars for $4 billion, right? They made that money back in three fucking years. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like they know this is, this, they know this is going to bring them money. So my guess is like, they'll probably just pay them off. They'll probably give them like a nice amount. Mm. And be like, here, is, and that's another thing. These heirs, seriously, how much money do you need in a lifetime? Enough to do so much cocaine that you <laughs> die? I don't need that much. I want to live. In a week? Well, at least at the end of the show, because we got to talk about basket case. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, like, they, they were going to get like, a, they were probably going to get like a nice chunk and then be like, all right, you guys take care. And then whatever they do with it, that's their own business. They probably invest it. They do their own thing. Mm. That's that's my guess. That's what's probably gonna happen. Yeah. So. Anyway. Whatever. Anything else to add to it? Yeah. What? Whatever. That's it. Valid. <laughs> or or as I as I uh, as I uh, learned the difference between a sound and an unsound argument in my logic class today. That's very sound. <laughs> <laughs> like. Your your logic class mm-hmm. is not very logical, and also like 
The like how you explain things, I'm kind of like, what? I know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about my logic class. Like, it makes sense, but it's like, yo, it's too fucking convoluted. Like, you really need all this. <laughs> and no. Then, and then some of the other shit you say, uh-huh. I'm kind of like, why do you need to know that? Look, <laughs> I'm taking this class not because I have, not because I want to, but I have to. <laughs> this class gonna be fun. I'm like raining. I'm like, oh god, what I signed up for this shit. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna do our recent review of *Malignant*. I'm having visions. The body of Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders as they're happening. Hello? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? He's the devil. The synopsis is, Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities i like that synopsis mm-hmm. it doesn't give anything away not, doesn't spoil but it's not boring it doesn't spoil it at all <laughs> uh it's directed by james wan written by Kayla cooper um it stars annabelle wallace maddie hassan uh mm-hmm. george young and Nicole brianna white mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just want to say i love all the hate that this movie's getting <laughs> We'll, we'll talk we'll talk about that i know i, I, I just want to bring that up now yeah mm-hmm. we definitely we'll talk, talk about, about it later but you know i fucking love it because people are stupid <laughs> okay so <laughs> malignant oh boy this movie holy shit um you want to go first or you want me to go first you go first all right so i remember we were going to talk about malignant um last week no, 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 no. It was a choice between this and what else did we, we what did we review the last episode? I can't remember now. Um, whatever, last, the, our last episode, we were, it was like a choice between. Oh, it was the Nicolas Cage movie. Was it? Was yeah. it this world? No, no, no. I thought we were going to do like, um, no, now I remember, now I remember. Okay, because, uh, okay, now I remember, because it was, it was either going to be Kate or Malignant. I remember that. Oh, I thought it was either Nicolas Cage or Malignant, and I was like, fuck, we should have done <laughs> Yeah, so it was going to be Kate Wait, or Malignant. right, it was Kate. Yeah, so it was going to be Kate or Malignant. And I was like, eh, let's do Kate, because Malignant looks kind of dumb, right? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, and then, like, I kept hearing, like, this movie's, like, it's, like, all I kept hearing was, like, this movie's wild. Like, the last 30 minutes, bonkers. Well, all right, I'll check it out, sure, blah, blah, blah. So we like, fuck it, we got to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
for all this movie that is it, there is bad, there is a whole lot of good. Mm-hmm. Like this movie reminds me a lot of these like B movie like horror films that you have to hear about from other people. Like when I was growing up, um, and the internet wasn't so readily available, there wasn't like a billion fucking film sites. There wasn't like a billion channels on like films and hidden gems and stuff like that. This is mm-hmm. stuff that you had to kind of hear about. Like here, maybe like a friend told you about it or you saw it like late night on HBO or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. This is what this movie reminds me of, right? Mm-hmm. And those movies were fun. Like, they were, like, bad. They weren't purposely bad, but, like, they were fun to watch because it was just, like, there was so much, like, bad good in it. Mm-hmm. And this movie does it. Um, This really feels like, <laughs> this really feels like a, because James Wan, he's he's created, like, the Conjuring franchise, Insidious franchise. He's done Aquaman. He's doing Aquaman 2. Like, he's, he's done, like, the Fast and Furious movies. Finally, you said one that I've watched. Oh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> I know. I'm listening. You go through the whole. You have watched. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. You have watched one that. of the Conjuring movies. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even good bad. It was just bad. bad. Yeah. This one, this movie feels like James Wan is like, I did this. I, I did this for you guys. Now I'm going to do something that I want to do. Mm. And he's like, fuck it. He fucking did it. Right. Um. First of all, acting's not good. No. <laughs> okay. But that's the good part. <laughs> it's like, like it's, it's 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 a lot of bad good, like a lot of like, like horrible d- dialogue delivery mm-hmm. and like facial expression, especially <laughs> like, uh, what's her name? I think it's uh, Maddie Hatson who plays Sydney Lake, mm-hmm. the sister. Her facial reactions are so fucking like, so much, Intent, so like the, intense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I one thing one thing I will admit that's actually that I think is actually really good is actually the, the directing. Mm-hmm. I think James Wan does some great directing, especially with like like action scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. Plus, it's not the way this film is. I feel like all of the comments that people are making about it Mm -hmm. they don't really understand that a lot of what's going on is intentional i feel Mm -hmm. like everything was intentional yeah absolutely absolutely And so in order to pull that off Mm -hmm. i feel like you have to be a good director yeah yeah that's i can see it as a plus and a negative because like like those these bad b-movie films you can tell like the directors had good intention but he was just a bad director uh-huh. with james Wan, he's a good director trying to make a bad movie but then it still doesn't come off as genuine enough like that i, I don't know i i know it doesn't really but like mm-hmm. it sated my want for a, a modern film that was more like the old films mm-hmm. that i'm really fucking happy yeah 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 there's no doubt about that um <laughs> Okay, so let's 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 go through let's go through our our, our little list. <laughs> what did you think of the acting? It was great. I loved it. <laughs> Oscars all around. Everybody's getting. Everyone Oscars. should get a trophy with a knife in it. <laughs> a, 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 a participation trophy with a knife in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the acting was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like, I wouldn't say I really cared about any of the characters. Mm. 
but it was more like watching a slow motion train crash mm-hmm. or car wreck or something, you know, mm-hmm. because of how their acting was. You couldn't look away. Yeah. You know what? There, there was one person I did care about. Uh, Ingrid. Oh, this actually Ingrid uh, Bisu, mm-hmm. who is one of the writers. Yeah. She, yeah, she, uh, she is James Wan. That's James Wan's wife. Oh, um, she James Wan and and her they came up with this story and she plays she plays the CST Winnie who's like <laughs> who's like Gaga for the detective who is uh how do you say Kiko Shaw Kakoa Kiko that fucking name I know Kakoa Shaw that is textbook B movie character name. <laughs> Straight up. Um, so I did care about that character, that not that that Kakoa Shaw, but the CST Winnie, because <laughs> she was like clearly like all over that Shaw character, and it just like, oh, she ain't never gonna get it. <laughs> she's married, duh. Yeah, she's married to James Wan. Shit. Yeah, you okay. don't you don't fuck the director's wife, okay? I, I'm like thinking of like scandals in my head right now. <laughs> I thought you were thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could get away with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So you're saying about uh, you didn't care for any of these characters? Nope. Uh-huh. But it was just, you know, watching a train wreck mm-hmm. in slow motion because their acting was so bad. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? These guys suck. But like, like it's so good. I want to know like what's going to happen. Yeah. How are they going to react next? Yeah. Because the reactions are really bad. I so Annabella Wallace. Um, I'm trying to see what have I seen her in. Oh, she was in the Annabella movies. Holy shit! So okay, so Annabella Wallace. I've never, I've never, I, I can't think of like anything that sticks out to me like I've seen her in. But I feel oh, she was in Peaky Blinders. Hmm. Was she? Yeah, That's Grace cool. Grace Burgess. She was Grace. Grace Burgess slash Grace Shelby. Jesus. She was I, blonde in that fucking show. Yeah, That's yeah. why I didn't recognize her. Yeah, her IMDb page, uh, our profile has her like as a blonde hair, like dirty blonde. Oh, yeah. She's totally a fucking good actress then. Oh. <laughs> She's a good actress, so she played a bad actress so well. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. I wonder if there's like an Oscar for that. Like purposely bad performance. <laughs> Anyway, I, I liked her performance because she's got she's this movie has got Scream Queen all over like like her reactions to shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my god, why are you not in more horror? Well, oh, she was in Silent Night. Okay, that's a horror movie. Yeah, wait, no. While you're looking through the list, I think mm-hmm. it takes a lot of courage to be in a movie that you know is not going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be amazing for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. which are actually the right reasons because yeah. it's on purpose but like because you don't know if people who don't understand the film mm-hmm. are gonna look at your fucking film role like your what's it called your something real oh your film reel oh it's just a film reel i thought it was something oh else. like um i know what you're talking about I, 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 I don't know why oh sizzle reel yeah okay and they're gonna look at that and be like, "Nah." <laughs> I, but see, I, this is what I think it is. I think it's because they had so much faith in the director, mm. in James Wan's work. I mean, this is the dude who helped, like, put who like did the Saw franchise, who helped like kickstart the, the Saw franchise. Yeah. 
You know, like I said, he's like started franchises. So clearly like this dude like knows what the fuck he's doing. Mm-hmm. So they probably were like, James Bond wants to do a horror movie? I'm in. <laughs> um, so what did you think what did you think of the directing? Well, like I said. Mm-hmm. The directing is good because you can't do a purposefully bad movie mm-hmm. without it being really bad. Mm. Like if you're not a good director. Yeah. So the fact that he pulled it off mm. means he's a good director and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, because I think from my understanding, like the way how he directs it, he's like, because like James Wan knows his horror stuff. He like he knows his horror info. So my guess is that he's the way his process was that he was like, OK, I'm going to see like the little things that worked in a good, bad way or that kind of makes these movies memorable, mm-hmm. um, even if it's in a cheap way. And then like do my own spin on it but mm-hmm. not like make it so oblivious you know like all the fog oh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um so like a case in point like let's this is like the uh the movie we saw uh we finished last night uh wolf cop mm-hmm. okay so that's like a low budget b movie right yeah but that movie is shot badly yeah and you got an idea that the director was like i'm just gonna try my best to make it a, a good movie mm-hmm. but it was just a bad movie yeah so like james wan like in this case like would take what he knew what was bad and then just like make it put like a little coat of paint on it fresh coat like eh, let me make it clean let me shine it up a little bit well and especially like with the b film stuff mm-hmm. you always get a an idea that like like you're talking about wolf cop mm-hmm. that fucking camera bounced around so goddamn much mm-hmm. at times i was like it was like like shot 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 mm-hmm. And this one used negative space and like calmer moments, mm-hmm. like it, like it was a good movie. Yeah, it just ha- had thrown in some things that were a callback to bad movies. Yeah, yeah, like it was like a good mixture of like this is what works now, and let's just put in what worked back then that right. made these movies cult, the cult classics and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we should jump in the spoilers. Okay. I think so too. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to hop in the spoiler section. I mean, like, this movie's been out since, like, September 10th. If you still haven't fucking seen it, you should go see it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so Even my kids watched it. Exactly. Even my your kids watched it. Ten-year-old thinks things are scary as shit. Uh-huh. She was like, that movie wasn't scary. <laughs> <laughs> did you, and did you tell her, like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I'm just happy she liked it. She got the point. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, if you still haven't watched Malignant, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Not the temperature today. Yeah, it's finally cooled down today. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so let's 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 start off with um, the hate this film is getting, like you had mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of articles out right now that are like this movie sucked, mm-hmm. or people are like all over Facebook. I could see everyone was commenting like, "I want my time back." This movie was so bad, mm-hmm. and it's like. 
one of them admittedly said, oh, well, that's just not my type of movie if it was intentional. I can get that. But, Mm. like, like, where have you grown up? Like, even I know what a good, bad movie is. Mm-hmm. And I d- grew, lived under a rock. I'm bunker girl, remember? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you gotta be able to like make fun of things and like have a good time. I don't know, like, I just don't understand why people are they don't get it. I think I think the reason why people don't get it is because like, I mean, well, like one, like they. I feel like that they're that they're upset because they don't see the joke that it's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. They don't get this joke, so that's one thing. Two, I think it's also these people who like claim to be like B movie horror fans, and like you can be be more B B movie horror fan, or you can be like a horror fan, uh, film fan, whatever like that. But like you still have like certain levels, you know. There mm-hmm. still is like tears and stuff like that like you can say like i'm a movie buff i love movies blah 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 and if i go to you and go and say like if i talk about like um uh if i talk about like a french new wave film uh-huh you know you're just like i never heard of it i'm like well are you really like i guess you're a movie buff but like you don't really know like at what level you know mm-hmm. um so so what I'm saying is, like, with B-movie films, there are people who love B-movie films who are like, oh, like, I love, um, what's it called? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. But, like, that's that's kind of like a B-movie that everybody kind of knows because it's been, like, everywhere. And also they were a child, mm-hmm. probably, or mm-hmm. a teen, mm-hmm. or in their early 20s, at least, when it came out. Mm. And their brain has developed in such a way that they don't understand that anymore. Mm-hmm. So the nostalgia is still there. Yeah. And they still love it. Yeah. But they can't accept anything new like that. Yeah. And I almost feel like a lot of the people who don't understand this film mm-hmm. probably don't understand sarcasm either. This film, That's probably, this yeah. film is sarcasm. Yeah, it's straight you up. You just have to know what sarcasm looks like. Yeah. And so to continue with my thought... Like, there's, like, that B-movie, and then there's, like, fucking, like, let's say, for example, like, Basket Case, right? Mm -hmm. That's, like, deep, Mm -hmm. right? Or... What's that movie with the rats? Wilford. Oh, no, no. What was the one we saw with uh, Robocop? Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about. Um, It was, like, Ratman or something. No, no. It was, uh, like, let me find the movie. It's, like, some kind of evil or some shit like that. Like... I, I know right now I'm like right now I'm talking about like oh people don't know the movie it's like it, it, the movies escaped me because like Kelsey and I saw it like a while we saw it like what last month or something like that yeah um uh, of of unknown origin oh yeah that's the movie right that's <laughs> B movie yes I'm sure a lot of people don't know about that movie it's a good movie you should fucking watch it yeah exactly right and then there's people like oh I like uh, like Reanimator. Uh-huh. Cool. B-movie, but people know about Reanimator, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? But then you go like, oh, let's go talk about Brain Dead. Mm. Or Dead or Dead Alive, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. Peter, like Peter Jackson's like early, 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 early stuff, you know? Yeah. Like that. So, so what I'm getting at is like this movie, um, uh, Malignant, harkens back to like the deep, deep cuts, the deep B-movie films. Uh, like that, what was that movie? The, the Mutilator? Mm-hmm. But it's called like Winter Break or some shit like yeah. that, or like Summer Party Massacre or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like deep cuts. 
Yeah. So, like, this movie goes to, like, deep cuts. And I think that's why people who have this hate, they just, they, they don't, they're not into the deep cut stuff. They're yeah. into, like, some of the stuff that, like, this, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. I might have saw it once or blah, 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 blah. Or maybe I saw it, like, everybody talked about it, so I'm going to go check it out or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I think that's where some of that hate kind of comes from. Yeah. And also it comes like the people, they don't, they're not seeing the fucking joke in this movie. It's fucking hilarious. I think the other reason is that once people realize it was meant to be a joke, then they mm-hmm. feel had. That's true too. Yeah. Because you think like, oh, this is probably gonna be like a, like a modern horror, like conjuring or whatever. And like, yeah. And, yeah. And then it's, they're like, this was such a bad movie, and then they find out it was supposed to be bad. Mm-hmm. Then they get even kind of more mad about it because yeah. then they're like, "Well, I didn't want, I didn't sit here wanting to watch a joke." Mm-hmm. And like, that's the other thing that kind of makes me laugh too, is because mm-hmm. like I kind of get that. Um, and I also don't remember where I was going. <laughs> okay, okay, well. well. We we kind of went on this rant about like people not getting it and stuff like that, but yeah. let's let's spo- let's go in the spoiler of the movie. Yeah. Okay. This movie is so many fucking genres. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I fucking love the first like five to ten minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. where somebody's being murdered, like some weird shit's happening in a hospital, mm-hmm. and like you see like the silhouette figure of of madison and what would be known as as uh gabriel gabriel and shit like that and like how the doctor's like we cut out the cancer (laughs) like right there you should be like oh what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) and that keeps coming back to the cut out the cancer thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so one of the one of the things that's like that's like so that why I like I really like James Bond's directing this movie is that he takes like he he actually makes like a lot of bold moves with like his camera work. Yeah, there's this really great shot where Madison is witnessing like the first murder by not the first is her first witness of Gabriel killing somebody or killing like one of the doctors. Mm-hmm. There's like this really cool shot where like she sees it and the camera does like this like zoom dolly pull kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And where like the background's like pulsing. And it, yeah, it's pulsing and then it starts mm-hmm. to kind of melt. Yeah, no, 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 not that, but not when she's sitting down. The oh. part where she's, like, looking, like, she's looking down, like, oh. and there's a blue light, and it's like, like, that oh, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that shot was fucking dope. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like, because I felt like that shot really, like, it really put you in, like, the shock value that Madison was going through. Mm-hmm. So I thought, it, like, I thought that shit looked great. I think so, too. <laughs> you know what I liked? What? The fog. What? All the fucking All fog. the fog. It was great. I think one time there was one person who was trying to get away and they ended up like mm. falling below the fog line and you couldn't see him for like a second. Oh, that, I think that was... Kakoa? That was Kakoa. Detective Kakoa. <laughs> also, um, the attic with the fans. Oh my God. It does, yeah. You're like, why are there so many fans? Exactly. There's like so many fans in the attic. Then there's a giant fan in the attic. That's the thing. It, it makes you believe that you're like in some type of a warehouse, like industrial warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then like where like the woman who falls through the through the ceiling into the into the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like, where was that fan in the house? I know. <laughs> like where? <laughs> um. 
also, oh, so one thing, another thing that's very impressive, very fucking impressive, is the way how Gabriel moves. Yeah, I can get over that. Yeah, I mean, there. But also, there were times where I'm like, okay, but now you're not doing it now because you can't make that person's body bend that way. Yeah, like clearly there was like CGI in some of, some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were other parts where it was just like, how do they like, like I like I I, I want to I haven't read up on it, but like I'm curious, like how the fuck they get this person to kind of move a certain way and make it look like so effortlessly and shit like that. Probably a contortionist. Yeah, it has to be a uh, contortionist. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop. How do you say that word? And you said thank you, even though I didn't help you. Mentally, you did. You're like, yeah, they must have used a contortionist. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying thank you to myself because I was so. Uh, I thought you were saying thank you to them because, you know, they used a contortionist. Yes. Yeah, they used a contortionist. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, James Wan, for contortioning it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think your brain was contortioning in it. So. So yeah, like what what I brought up earlier about this movie is like so many like genres. This movie kind of starts off like as a supernatural. Starts off supernatural. Starts off it, 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 no, it starts off with a murder mystery. No, no, actually, it starts off with like I don't know, just like straight horror film. Uh-huh. Okay, then it goes to like a murder mystery. Then it goes to like a supernatural element. Then it talks about like traumatized, being traumatized and stuff like that. Then it talks uh-huh. about like adoptions and shit like that. Like, uh, um. And then it almost like goes into like possession, mm-hmm. like because there's so many routes. It's there's so many ways that, like the writing is like, oh, is this movie? Is this movie? Is this angle? Is this? But angle? you almost get like a little bit of like the early two thousands type of characters mm-hmm. with her sister. I felt I totally oh, yeah. got like oh yeah a scary story, you know, like scary movie or whatever yeah. vibes from her. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like she would, she would have like scream. She would have done gangbusters and like late 90s early aughts yeah um so um the reason why i brought the genre bending is that there's this article on collider um it's called james wan's on malignant why he calls it the film a genre blender and how he brought gabriel to life so they were so the interviewer uh steve weintraub weintraub had asked james wan about his influence for malignant um james wan had said this he says i described the movie as not just a genre bender, but a genre, genre, but a genre blender, right? It really is a blender of a whole bunch of stuff that has sort of influenced me over the years, growing up, loving these. And that's the thing a director always had. This is me saying this. That's a director always has. There's always like a level of influence, mm-hmm. you know. In this case, like James Wan was just like, boom, this like influenced me. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is all the shit. Like any musician. Yeah, yeah. So he continues on and says, uh, "I love I, uh, loving these kinds of movies from science fiction to science fiction to science fiction horror to psychological thrillers to monster movies. Um, the blender happens to be my head, and they'll go in there, and you know, it's this was what comes out um, comes out of it." Uh, he continues on at one point. He says, uh, "Yes, this movie is a sort of an aesthetic to uh, Gilio, a Gilio movie." You know, like Marvel. Uh, Giallo. Giallo, yeah. Giallo. Like, th- those are like old school, like horror films from like it's the uh, Italian region. Um, Mario Barros and Derek Argentino uh, of that Argento. Argento, thank you, of that world. Um, he even mentions like there's a bit of body horror, like Cronenberg is body horror in this movie, which there is, a, there is quite a lot of it, especially like the part where we find out the whole Gabriel reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's talk about that. How ridiculous that shit is. 
I remember <laughs> we got to a point in the movie, and uh-huh. I think it was that point uh-huh. that you stopped watching the movie mm-hmm. to turn around and watch me. Yeah. Because you wanted to see my reaction to, like, the twin coming out of her head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That whole reveal of, like, where, you know, the doctor's like, okay, can we talk to Gabriel? She's like, okay. And then the whole... <laughs> kind of thing. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, <laughs> like what the fuck is this? What the, what, what, did I just walk into a different movie? <laughs> um, yeah, and then like that part, you know, where the doctor's like, you know, we got to cut out the cancer. And like, first of all, that whole like surgical scene is brutal as fuck. And it's really well put together. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, it's just so gore. Like, that's when it just turns into, like, a gore fest when you see, like, skin cut, being cut off, arms being sliced off and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the cherry on the cake <laughs> where they just push his face into the back of Madison's head. It's like, in her skull, just push that sucker <laughs> in. Like, that's it. We're done. He's gone. Because <laughs> we don't see him. Yeah. Not because he's actually gone. Yeah. It's so stupid. That shit's so <laughs> stupid. Um. So, of course, we got to talk about the wild-ass last 30 minutes of this fucking movie. Yes. That prison scene, first of all, I thought like that prison scene, when it happened, I was like, well, I can't get more intense than this. Mm-hmm. Fuck, was I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you, you don't mean prison, you mean the police station, right? No, no, when she was, when she, no, the jail, when she was in the jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the jail's. But that, that's not the police station. Yeah, but then it transfers into like the police main room, so I'm kind, of, I'm like oh, separating okay. the two. Gotcha. Um, what did you, what did you think about that jail that jail house that jail room scene? <laughs> I thought it was funny because you pointed out like, oh look, look at all the stereotypes in there. <laughs> there was like a chola in there. There was a black girl from the seventies in there with her fro and fucking platforms and shit. <laughs> um. I like that one because I've, they were like trying to mess with her and it yeah. was like totally over the top. Yeah. And she's like, 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 don't mess with me. She's mm-hmm. having a hard time, but she kind of already knew, I think at that point, like what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then Gabriel just came out and fucked everybody up. Yeah. She hulked out <laughs> <laughs> and just laid way to all that shit. That shit was like, wow. She went like the movie jumped from like a five to like a ten, mm-hmm. like at that moment. Yep. Um, you know what? I was actually rewatching this movie today, like while I was doing my studies and shit like that. Really? And I and I stopped just to watch that scene because <laughs> like it's so gross, like how she like pulls back her head and Gabe was like, blah, 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 like comes through like the crack and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um. And then that's when she really starts moving that weird way. Yeah, yeah. That's when you start seeing like the bones crack in and like the position, like the body, like doing these weird positions and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it goes from there into like into like the main police station, like room area. And I remember I pointed out to you, you're like, hey, you said something like, "Wow, that's a huge room for a police station." I'm like, "Oh, you'll see why." <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it looked like a uh, Batman. Like, yeah, like um, Gotham PD. Like and Gotham shit. PD. Yeah. <laughs> I think if Batman like came down and saw us, he'd be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he fucking take off. <laughs> I don't know how to do the deal with this shit. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know if my batterings can help hurt this thing. <laughs> Maybe his batterings could cut the cancer out. 
hilarious. Uh, throw it. No, I get, I get how, I, I, I get how cut happens. Cutting happens. Yeah. <laughs> he does what Batman does. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah, but with an X, with their hands. Yeah, like that. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So yeah, in doing this scene, there's some very fucking once again some very fucking impressive camera work that and a problem work. <laughs> camera work <laughs> that Juan does like there's that there's this really cool shot of like the camera is like behind Gabriel and it's doing like a lot of like following like with following the character mm-hmm. as Gabriel is like laying with his cops it's like fucking amazing amazing my voice is going out <laughs> that's because we're fucking tired mm. <laughs> um yeah I really like how the camera stayed with the action yeah like almost to the point where I didn't notice it was doing such a good job because I was so focused on the story of what, like what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. You say, sorry. I'm like, what story? <laughs> yeah. We're not re- <clears throat> reviewing a movie right now at all. Yeah. At all. At all. <laughs> at all. Anyway, at all. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Chop. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean like, th- like this, this movie it like, it, it's funny. Like this movie is. I know this movie's gonna get a sequel. Like that that hasn't been talked about or anything like that or any news. But I I have a feeling it's gonna get a sequel. However, I feel like it's not gonna be as good as the first one. It's like it's not like. I have a feeling that James Wan <clears throat> and his wife are not intending on making a sequel. Mm-hmm. But it'll probably happen. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. Like, a uh, studio came to him and was like, "Hey, your movie's a big hit." Like, do you have a sequel in mind? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure James Wan's wife are going to be like, um, I don't want to say his wife. I'm going to give her props. Ingrid uh, Bisu. Bisu. Um, I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, we can come up with something. And they come up with something. I know. I think I feel like that happened recently, too, within the last few years with something else that we watched. Oh, and, and there was a sequel, and they are like, yeah, we just come up with a sequel. Mm-hmm. But then they weren't intending on making another yeah. one, and they said they weren't, and then... Everyone's like, oh, but we want one. They're like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, fine. Whatever. I guess. Um, <laughs> I know. I heard that too. Look. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Whatever the name is of your twin, mm-hmm. of your parasitic twin, mm-hmm. better keep that fucking shit under control. Yeah, it's Billy. No, Billy needs to tone it back. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not supposed to hear from Billy. Okay, Billy, you gonna tone it back? Okay, he says he says he'll turn it, tone it back. <laughs> so he's turn it up. I know he's like, <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to add to this movie? Um. Do you think people should? Leave? Do you think people should watch this movie? Yes. I think people should watch this movie. I mean, I I think that as well. Like I said, I got done with this movie. I told Kelsey to watch this movie. I told my editor to watch this movie. I even told my baby's mama to go watch the movie. Like, you guys watch this movie. <laughs> like, I heard it's stupid. It is, but just wait. Just wait. <laughs> and they waited. What did she think about the movie? She didn't like it. Really? Yeah, because I told her the reveal. I, was, I, I didn't tell her the reveal. I was, she was, I told her, like, oh, it's, this kind of, it's like this craziest reveal. And she saw it and she goes, like, so, like, she was pretty much like, is that it? Like, like, just watch the fucking movie, you know? Oh, my God. So that's I was like, whatever. <laughs> One of those people mm. didn't get it. <laughs> you know what I have to say about that? Mm. Hi-ya. Hi-ya. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> 
All right. What do we got? What do we got next? Okay. Next. At my request, mm-hmm. we're going to do this variety time. <laughs> I was dancing. I noticed. Because of this variety time music. <laughs> oh, I... In a really weird way. It is really weird. Let's... <laughs> Oh, I turned into a train. Turned into a train. <laughs> like a reverse train. <laughs> Weird. So this week, our Variety Time segment is called Mark's Enthusiasm Was Curbed Heavily. And and I requested, you told me this story, <laughs> and I was like, this has got to be a Variety Time, please. All right. So, so like, I, like, I've, like I've mentioned earlier, I'm... Uh, I'm attending, I'm going to school again. Um, uh, it's fall semester, classes are back open. Um, so obviously, like, if you go to a school, if you drive a vehicle, you gotta get a parking pass. And I've got a parking pass at this school multiple times. Mm-hmm. My my time at this school, I know what to do, I know how to fill out the form, everything, right? I can do it blindfolded now. So, I get... I get a, I, you know, they mail you your parking pass. I get my parking pass in the mail. I open it. And I'm like, huh, this looks kind of weird. It looks different from other parking passes I've used. And it has that thing where it's reverse and you have to like, like stick it to the glass. It's like the static nature of the it's plastic. Like, it's called a window cling. Yeah, win- window cling. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I was like, okay, something's wrong with this. I think it's defective, but let me just look. And I, Peeled, and I tried to peel it, and it was like peeling it with the paper. I'm like, okay, obviously, I got a defected parking pass. Okay, well, um, okay, I'll just, I'll just give him a call, I'll just fix it, and whatever, right? So I go to the school, I'm done with class, and I decide to call them while I'm at the school in case they want me to go to like a specific area. Give him a, <laughs> I gave him a call. No, actually, take the back. What I did is I went to the student to the uh, student services, and I was like, hey, I got a parking pass, defected. Um, where can I get another one? The lady, nice lady helps me. She goes, Oh, call this number and they'll help you. All right, cool. Call the number. Give him a call. Hey, I got this park. <laughs> You're going to hear this over and over. <laughs> You're going to hear, I got this parking pass over and over again. <laughs> call this, call this person. Hey, I got this parking pass. It's defected. I need to get a replace. Um, okay. Well, uh, what, what do they say exactly? Uh, what, what do you mean defected? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, normally, like, I know it sticks to the window, you know, and it's, it's, it's not like, it's like coming with, off of the paper. Like, I know what it looks like. Like, it doesn't, it's not like how I normally get my parking pass. Okay. You said it was like a sticker, right? Yeah, it was a sticker. Yeah. No, the, the parking pass that I normally get? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. no, the one that you got. Yeah, right? the one this I got. one is the, just the one a I regular got. sticker. Yeah, you just take it off and you would place it on something, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously not for a car. Um, And the lady's like, okay, well, uh... And she's trying to like tell me like, like if I didn't know how to use a fuck how to use a fucking sticker on a parking pass. Well, <laughs> normally you just kind of. T- I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I've got this before. This is not my first year at the school. I know what it's supposed to look like. I'm telling you, it's defected, <laughs> or yeah, it's, there's a bit of a mistake. Okay, well, um, and then she tells me, well, if you gotta get a replace, you're gonna have to pay for it. Okay. 
the problem was that these parking passes, since the pandemic happened, and a lot of people who bought bought parking passes were wasted. Mm-hmm. They just gave out free parking passes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like that. Make, you know, that makes perfect sense. Okay, why am I gonna? That doesn't make any sense. Why am I gonna pay for something you guys gave me that's defective? Right. The fault's on you guys. <laughs> she tells me call this number. <laughs> All right, call a different number. And the number, so I talked to the lady, same thing. Got the sparking vest, defected. I need to get a replace. What was the other number you called? It was like an 866 number or some shit like that. Oh, so it wasn't like. It wasn't like from the school. It was like, oh, it was a credentials. It was like some credentials number. Ah. And I called them and I said, um, same thing, parking vest, defected, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, what's the order number? I don't have that on me, but I can give you my information. Okay, what's your name? What school? Boom. Give them the information. Um, we don't really see your name in our files. Did you make a purchase here or through the school website? I uh, made it through the school website. Okay, well, you're going to have to just call this number and find out what's the issue. Uh, okay, so I called a different number. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like parking enforcement. <laughs> and I tell them, got this parking vest, defected. <laughs> I need it replaced. Oh, we, we don't we don't do that here. Okay, I was I was I was given a number. This was the number. Mm-hmm. Okay, well you're gonna have to call this number instead, and then tell tell them that we said that you need to get the pass <laughs> replaced. Okay, call the number. Guess what? Hmm. First number I called. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I've called this number. I've called this number. I need a parking pass replaced. You guys just have me go in circles now, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know why they would give us, uh, give give you our number. Uh, like I said, like if you're gonna, if 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 they can't replace it, you're just gonna have to pay for another one. I'm like, why am I gonna pay for another one? That makes no fucking sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is at this point that I'm like, like I'm like I, I'm not swearing at the lady, but I'm gonna be like, fuck. It's at this point I kick a concrete wall in frustration. Yeah. Like I kick it hard, right? And my and I'm like, oh shit, right? And for a brief moment, I was like, did I just break my toe? Oh, oh my fuck. god, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> I know. There and they said, okay, call this. They said, this is what you have to do. You're gonna have to go to this building and talk to them about getting your pass parking pass replaced. Okay. That's something. I'm actually, I'm going to physically be in front of somebody now. That's something. So I drive to this location and I fucking go to this building. I'm walking towards the door, right? And there's a lady who's about to who's walking in, who sees me about to walk in. And she goes like, can I help you? Uh, you know, can I help you with anything? Yeah. I need this parking pass replaced. And she goes, did I just speak to you on the phone? <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> so I go inside. The lady's like, "Just here, come inside. We'll we'll get this issue worked out, right?" For come to find out, I'm in. I'm I'm talking to parking enforcement now. I go inside, and there's another lady saying, "Like," and she's like, "Hey, this." She's like, "This gentleman needs help." Blah blah blah. And the lady looks at me and I say, "Like, yeah, I need a parking pass replaced. This is an issue. It's." It's defective or it's not supposed to be this way. Mind you, 
I took a picture of a, someone else's parking pass just just to do a compare and contrast if I, if I need to mm-hmm. to show them. The lady looks at me. She goes, "Yeah, I just talked to you on the phone." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay," and I'm like, "Here's the parking pass. You see this? It's not supposed to be like this." Uh, and now I remember who I talked to. Who kept saying, "Who kept saying you're gonna have to pay for it?" it was cashier. That's who I kept talking to about. They were talking of about, of course, like, fucking cashier. Yeah, Cashiers yeah. always want you to pay for shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying like, cashier told me to come here. And they said that I'm gonna have to get it. I'm gonna have to pay for it to get it replaced. But I, and, I, and I looked at the lady. I'm like, does that make sense that I have to pay to get replaced to something that you guys sent me incorrectly? Mm-hmm. That's like that makes no fucking sense. She's like, she looks at it, and I said, I can show you. I took a picture of someone else's parking pass, and we can sh- compare and contrast this. She's like, she's like, no, no, no. I know what it looked like. And she's like, I don't know why they just don't give another pass. What the. So one lady who's sitting next to her, who this lady standing, another one sitting down. She goes, she goes, you know what? Just tell them that he's here. They need to replace. They should get it replaced. It should be replaced without an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the lady, she takes. She's like, can I take your ID? I'm like, yeah, sure. Gives her my. I give her my ID. She walks out of the room. I was kind of standing there, you know, whatever, fucking twiddling my fucking thumbs or whatever. <sighs> she comes back. Uh-huh. And like. There's like there's like this glass between a glass divider, right? COVID regulations and whatever is a glass yeah. divider. There's mm-hmm. like a little uh, swinging door that's for like you can hand stuff. However, they have the swinging door open, like held up by like a phone, just so they they won't be just so you can just be like oh here without touching it, whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I can hear what's going on. Like they don't think I can hear, it, but I can hear them. <laughs> the lady says, "This is a motorcycle pass." <laughs> For those who don't know, I don't own a bike. <laughs> I have a car. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, why do they give them a motorcycle pass? That makes no sense. Why would they do that? Like, can they get a, can they have a replace? And the lady, the lady, this other lady responds. She goes, they just, they, they say he has to pay for it. Like, I guess like they don't have anymore. There's only so many number of passes that they give out with a certain numbers. I'm like, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like in my head, I'm like, what the fuck? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> So she looks at me and I, and I say like, let me guess, is that a motorcycle pass? And she goes, yes. And I and I'm like, I started laughing. And, I, and she goes, well, what you're gonna have to do, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to take the paper that the sticker's on, fold it, and then tape it to the window. And like, if I hear something that fun, if I hear something that is really funny out of nowhere, I burst out laughing. Like I have like this like loud bass laugh, not like, but like, ah, you know. Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> I start laughing, and the place kind of echoed too, and they kind of like jump for a second. <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, you're just gonna have to get this and get to even stick it to your window." I'm like, "Oh my fucking god." <laughs> So she takes it, like I said, she, she, she takes my ID, she takes a photocopy of it and the pass. She goes, you know what? We're just going to make a note that if parking enforcement comes around and sees it, they're going to know that the, the mistake. I'm like, yeah, the one car. <laughs> got this Mark Salcedo is always the mistake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And, I'm, and she's like, she goes, sorry, but like, this, that's all we can do. 
And I'm like, okay. And as I'm like walking out, I like the door opens and you just hear me go, Jesus Christ is so fucking stupid. our geriatric cinematic of Frank Henenlotter's Basket Case. What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Some of the tenants claim to have heard noises coming from this room. Like someone on a rampage. What's in the basket? You're that kid Needleman warned me about. The Bradley boy. The freak we separated. I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're... different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. Your brother! <laughs> Open it, if you dare. This film came out in 1982, and the synopsis is a young man carrying a big basket that contains his extremely deformed, formerly conjoined twin brother seeks <laughs> vengeance on the doctors who separated them against their will. <laughs> That synopsis sounds so wild. I know. I'm just like, sure, just give the whole movie away. Whatever. <laughs> um, directed and written by Frank Henenlotter. It stars Kevin Van Hen- Hentenrick, Terry Susan Smith, and Beverly Bonner. Speaking of which, that synopsis. I mean, like, you said, like, it pretty much gives away the whole movie. I'm like, is there anything really worth not giving away in this whole movie? <laughs> I mean... The whole, what's in the basket? <laughs> like, you shouldn't say what's in the basket. Because mm-hmm. they probably, you know, someone's like, what <clears throat> is this movie? And then, you know, they read it. Oh, okay, I know what's in the basket. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the whole uh, seven thing, you know. What's in the box? But, you know, this is, the basket case is funnier. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, 1982's basket case. Um. God, I remember watching this when I was like, probably in fucking middle school or something like that. Um, definitely like late night on HBO. Um, but it was. <sighs> this is why I like B movie horror films. It was. It, it, I actually really liked watching this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny? Hmm. After watching Malignant, Mm -hmm. Cadence was like, I want to watch whatever movie you're watching next. (laughs) (laughs) So she watched this one, too. Uh, So, so Kelsey, what did you think of this movie? (laughs) I like this movie. Yeah, You know, know, or as his brother, whatever the fuck his name is that I can't remember. It's like, it's something with a B, like Boreal, Boreal or some shit like that. Uh But, But go on. As he would say, 
That's all he said. Um, I want to. What, what the fuck's his name? Hold on. His name is. Oh, Belial. His name is Belial. Belial. Um, so what did you like about this horrible, horrible movie? Um, everything. Mm-hmm. I liked everything. I liked the doctor that he went to go see. <laughs> Which one? The one that he went to go see. Yeah, that he saw like two of them. The female or the male? The one, the one with the oh, chicken. The male. <laughs> the male. Okay. Um, I liked the wigs. Uh. I liked this guy's amount of hair that was just god awful amount of hair kevin van hentenrick did you know that the lady um uh terry susan smith uh she was wearing a wig in that movie the mm-hmm. reason why she was wearing a wig she was bald like just really? straight up bald it doesn't like it didn't say exactly why she was bald but like she was just rocking a, a bald head at that time, I think it was pretty popular for some of the girls to be bald. Yeah, it's eighty two, maybe like punk era, or you know, she might have she she might have been sick or something like that. But you know, we don't know. But on on the IMDb, it says like, yeah, she was completely bald. Hmm. Um, so the doctor, uh, the one who was eating the chicken, he like the way how he was just like like engulfing <laughs> the chicken was so fucking weird. <laughs> I actually really like um. The female doctor, her name's escaping me right now. But like when they introduce her and she's talking to, she's trying to get somebody drunk. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, oh, her name is, uh, no, it's not Lloyd. Oh, Diana Brown, actress Diana Brown, who played Dr. Dr. Judith Cutter. She's like, oh, no, I like when you get uh, sloppy. You're funny. But like she's like not blinking at all. She's just looking at a straight look. I was so confused for a little while because I thought the guy she was having dinner with mm-hmm. was the main character. The, the the Dwayne guy? Yeah. It looked <laughs> like him to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the doctor, the one with the chicken eating, uh, Lloyd Pace. I think that's Lloyd Pace. Yeah, I think that that is the actor. Uh, played uh, Dr. Harold Needleman. I know. Needleman. Their names the Cutter and Needleman. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what was the other doctor's name? Yeah, Lander. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it's fucked up that they were fucking vets. They weren't actual doctors. I would know. <laughs> I was like, what the they fuck? Were fucking veterinarians. <laughs> they these veterinarians proceeded to cut up this boy to remove his twin brother, uh. which that that surgical scene was just so atrocious. <laughs> You just hear the whenever they I know, cut and they, No, and they kept put, putting more needles in him. <laughs> more needles. Yeah, yeah the, the Belial. They gave him like three shots in the head. From the same syringe. That seemed like it wouldn't go down. It was like an infinite amount of like morphine. <laughs> so, check this out. Most of the critics that appear in this movie, at the end of this movie, are fake. Mm-hmm. Um, the crew is so small, rather than repeat the same names over and over, they decided just to make up names. <laughs> I, I really wish I would have just, you know, mm-hmm. watched the credits now. Sometimes people do that, like um, Supernatural would do that. Oh, what would they do? Make up fucking names, like really weird fucking names. Really? Like, you know that they're not real or uh-huh. they're like nicknames or something. Yeah. Like, 
it's funny. I know I know the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. They always gave like they have names, but it's like horror themed names mm. for like the people behind who do the work. Um, so this 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 thing I like this. There's so much to like learn about like this movie about like how it's like put together and shit like that. Um, so originally, this movie is actually intended to be a comedy. Uh huh. Um, oh, I think it hits its mark now. Uh, actually, no, I think I'm sorry, sorry. It was because this is how the director will work. This, um, how do you say the director's last name? Uh, Hennenlauter. Hennenlauter. Frank Hennenlauter, he was like, he would, the way how he would direct this movie is that if the movie wasn't scary, if the scene wasn't scary enough, he made it funny. If it wasn't funny enough, he made it scary. Uh, so that's why it's a lot of like weird jokes and a lot of like, wait, what? Like, why are they talking like that? You know, kind of like weird. <laughs> like when they're in the bar scene and he was like, Oh, Dwayne's oh. talking to Casey? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, that's my brother. <laughs> and then, you know, she's like, what do you mean? You're a Siamese twin. And they're both like, you don't look oriental. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Speaking of which, the dude who plays Dwayne, I really love the way how he, uh, how he would deliver his lines, how he would talk. Uh-huh. It was like always a lot of like, no, you're not going to do it like that. You don't understand me. Like that kind of like <laughs> dialect. It was so yeah. fucking weird. I kept saying that like while we we're watching this, that he kind of reminded me of uh, Peter Dinklage. Oh. Like the way how he would kind of like pause, like mm-hmm. this like millisecond of pause uh, between like his lines and stuff like that. It kind of reminded me. And he kind of looked like him in a way. I didn't think he looked like him. I think he looked like the guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, Tim Curry? Uh-huh. Not with the color, because I think his hair's too light, but mm-hmm. definitely with, like, his eyes and his eyebrows. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then, like, what do you, so what do you, th- what do you think of the direction? <laughs> like, this is done with the direction, like, the scene and everything, like, like the setups and shit. What do you, yeah, what do you I think don't of- know. I don't think it was that great, to be honest. Like. Exactly. Yeah. I think I even made a comment. I was like, what they do? Like, find the dirtiest places they possibly could find and just shoot them all there. Most likely, yes. Speaking of dirty. Um, so the film budget was so low that the crew had to go dumpster diving <laughs> for, like, for the furniture and shit like oh, that. Oh, jeez. So that's why a lot of it just looks like trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, it fits the aesthetic of the room, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you know There's what? There's so much dirt on the walls. Like, come on. I think that kind of like... Okay, this is me just kind of getting to like my overthinking cap on. I think that was... Okay. It wasn't... It was on purpose so, because the budget was so low for it to look dirty. But I think like the dirty nature of the movie actually kind of like reflects the characters within this world. Mm-hmm. Because of how wrong and like dirty this dude was done. Him and his brother were done. Like they were fine just being themselves. Even yeah. the even the aunt, Dwayne and Belial's aunt, accepted them for who they were. Right. It was just the society that was just like you guys are fucking freaks, so we gotta fix you or some shit like that. Yeah. And they were done wrong. Like how the father was like upset because these his sons had like killed his wife during childbirth and shit like that he's just like i don't even want to call it uh, my child or anything like that yeah and how these vet these fucking veterinarians (laughs) was like oh we can do a procedure we're just gonna cut them it's like who is it's where are these people's credentials like who the like 
like how that's illegal yeah but like how do they just like wound up there and was like hey we're just gonna hey you don't know me we don't know you but we're gonna cut up your kid like just like what the fuck (laughs) sounds great yeah so so i think i think that kind of speaks to like the world of how dirty it is Mm. because these characters were done fucking dirty Mm. um apparently like uh hennenlauter he came up with the idea um Okay, so two things. One, he came up with the title of Basket Case because he just thought, what's a two words put together that don't belong together? Which do belong together. Yeah, and they belong together, right? <laughs> um, and so, like, it, the title, he came up with the title and he thought, like, a monster living in a basket and it kind of evolved from there. But he also, what he used to do, he used to walk around Times Square and just, like, write ideas down. Mm-hmm. And like the seediness of Times Square, especially around that time, because during like the seventies and eighties, Times Square, it was Square, real dirty. Yeah, then he was just like, "All right, I'm gonna just kind of build it around that." Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie fucking shows it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, okay, so anybody sticking out for you in form of performance? I mean, in, in the way of performance. Um, Bellow. Okay. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> like I really like the part where he went, or this scene where he went. <laughs> it's so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I, I'm kind of joking, but also kind of not. Okay, okay. <laughs> because hear me out. Okay. I really felt him. Oh God! Please explain. I gotta hear this. <laughs> I felt his unhappiness or his, like, curiosity or, like, mm-hmm. his anger mm-hmm. every time he was, like, Because he was alone. just so misunderstood and shit? Yes. Uh-huh. So I, I would feel that shit. <laughs> so, like, that scene where he's, like, wrecking the hotel room, you're just like, yeah. I know where he's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this, this stop-motion creature is coming from. Yeah, exactly. Like... You know, his brother did him wrong by turning on that TV and it was just fucking static. And he's like, all right, bye. And he's like, fuck this guy. And he's like breaking everything. Mm-hmm. You know what? At the end mm-hmm. of that whole thing, when he's just holding onto the t- the leg of the bed and he's just, just shaking it. No, yeah. like pulling it up and down, letting yeah. it hit the floor. Mm-hmm. He's not even like breaking anything anymore. He's just making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Like a little baby. Mm-hmm. I feel that too you know but then then his jealousy Mm -hmm. at the end when Mm -hmm. you know he realizes that he won't even let his brother get laid because he can't and then he like fucking rapes that lady yeah i think i think more accurately that it's more accurately that he tried to he tried to violate her but like killed her in the process of of well he did violate her well with what he didn't have a bother about a man there's more to violation than physical violation. No, I, I know. Also, he was on top of That's, her getting his blood all over actually, her. Actually, you know, you're, right, you're right. My mistake. I'm sorry. I didn't want to assume. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, no, he didn't violate. There's no penetration. You're right. He did violate her. You're right. <laughs> Whatever you said, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> um, I, I got mad at him after that. Why? Because he's a little asshole. <laughs> but you were just with him. <laughs> I wasn't with him. I said I could understand it, but I didn't mm-hmm. like him. I just liked his performance, you know? Oh, you know, I love... I'm sure he's living his best life right now out there somewhere <laughs> waiting for his 
fucking Golden Globe or Oscar. You know, I love these little excursions we take into like <laughs> old school cinema and just your take on it. Just like, I feel this character. <laughs> I feel this two two hand body that's it, like face creature <laughs> kind of thing. I feel like him sometimes, you know? <laughs> really? Totally misunderstood. And like, gotcha. You know, like I have two hands and I can't really get around anywhere. <laughs> Just dragging myself everywhere. And yelling, but my yelling is more internal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except at my kids. Yeah. Then I'm just like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I love your interpretation. <laughs> I love I love when you just connect with these... <laughs> these, these You connect with these certain characters or these astute observations like your fucking Willy Wonka tear... No, but also his brother didn't understand him that much. He understood him somewhat, but he was always Mm -hmm. the kind of guy like, things will get better. And I'm like, you're just like everybody else who always says shit's always going to get better. And it doesn't. And now look, you're both fucking dead. I would imagine that maybe the brother was just a bit more optimistic. Besides, like the the brother had only known, like, um, Dwayne only known Belial. Like, that's all they left they knew. Now he gets to say something outside life. He's just like, hey, there's more than just ripping these people apart and it's also like you rip these people apart and then what optimism is a slow moving poison (laughs) say that again (laughs) say that again (laughs) say that again please (laughs) you heard me no 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 i didn't hear the last word say it again (laughs) optimism Mm -hmm. is a slow moving poison Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, shit! Is this gonna be like Willy Wonka again? Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! So, would you be surprised to know that the budget for this movie was only $16,000? <laughs> Kinda! The movie was only sixteen thousand dollars. At one point, remember that scene where like Dwayne is like holds like a wad of cash. Uh, that was literally the the money the the budget of the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so eventually, so the, so what happened was like they would. So Frank Hinlauter uh, had like put his entire savings into this movie, and the crew would shoot, take the footage, show it to potential investors, and then get more money that way. Mm. And the total the to, <laughs> the entire budget was like thirty five thousand. Mm. It fucking looks it. <laughs> I feel like it looks better than that. Better than thirty five thousand. But I'm thinking in today's money. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we gotta talk about the gore. Mm-hmm. Any, any, any takes on the gore? Anything? Any it comments was, on the? Gore? It was great. It was a great commentary. On. <laughs> on what? <laughs> Lack of positivity, which is a slow moving poison. <laughs> You mean positivity is a slow-moving poison? Yeah, as I said. Yeah, you said lack of positivity. Yeah, the lack of positivity. Yeah. Because positivity is a slow-moving poison. Mm, mm. You want to talk about your favorite your favorite death in this movie? The one where he's strangling him no, off the balcony? No, the dad. <laughs> well, I don't remember how he died. 
remember the dad's walking through the house it seems like forever he's walking through that fucking <laughs> that warehouse of a house yeah and how like the dad oh gets and he's fr- barefoot right yeah and he like gets in front of a slope he's like um <laughs> there's a there's a wheelbarrow with all these sharp objects right in front of this ramp i mean right on top of this ramp i'm in front of <laughs> it wasn't even no it wasn't even that mm-hmm. it was a saw it was it was a bunch of blades it was a big saw with like all these blades like sticking around out. it yeah, yeah but yeah. i'm like it doesn't make sense how they set that up because yeah. it wasn't just a wheel wheelbarrow with mm-hmm. blades it was like a, a moving tabletop saw yeah. with a bunch of sharp shit yeah, next like to just it. like piled on top yeah. of it on the side of it and shit and, and so the blade comes mm. at him mm. with all the sharp shit and it hits him from the front but somehow he gets pushed to the side and then the next shot is his legs falls like separately apart like like yeah his body like falls separately apart like like which i don't know which way he fucking it was the fucking positivity is what oh my god (laughs) it's a positivity that killed him (laughs) It wasn't very slow moving in his yeah. case. It was sharp. <laughs> um, there, there are, there are two. There are two sequels after Basket Case. Uh, Basket Case Two and Basket Bas- Basket Case Three. Um, I've never seen two and three, but like it, it like kind of adds more to like the creature feature of it, like the weird kind of like freak nature of like being different kind of thing Uh um from what i heard two and three are not really that good like they kind of don't really embody like the corniness and like the spirit of the first one Mm -hmm. but fucking um (laughs) but fucking (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah hidden lotter hidden lotter was like fuck i'm gonna make more of these movies this is this was his first movie. This is directorial debut. Debut, and he honestly he said in an interview, he says, "I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I just want to see what happened next." Um, this is one of um, what's the homeboy's name? Joe Bob Riggs. He like praises this movie as a master uh, masterpiece of exploitation cinema. Um, this movie is like. I mean, like, when you watch this movie, you get a sense of, like, this is where James Wan got, like, malignant from. Or he he had the ideas of it and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it's not, like, this not, is not the only movie where, like, twins are kind of, like, brought into, like, a horror-type genre. Like, Dead Ringers come to mind, like a David Cronenberg film. Mm-hmm. But, um... And then there's those famous twins in uh, The Shining. The Shining and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one is done, like so like cheaply and poorly made and stuff like that it has a level of like charm and like filth in it that you're just like oh i can see why like this is why people like love this movie mm-hmm. um i remember we were watching it because we we saw it on the shutter app um before it like, started it said like this movie was like not preserved but like brought to restoration through like the modern um museum of art or some the, the shit museum like, of modern art yeah yeah and i was like oh movie's fucking art says it right there (laughs) (laughs) says it right there did you get that killer cows from outer space no so that means it should be in the criterion collection oh my god i wish it was oh my god why is it not (laughs) oh shit i would love that 
Oh my god. Granted, like Criterion Collection, they have some interesting horror selections, but I think this would be amazing in there. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we gotta ask, uh, oh, I gotta ask Kelsey, you know, does this movie hold up? Yes. Really? <laughs> How so? Because I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so bad. Uh, the badness. Mm totally outshines any datedness <laughs> okay yeah like just it's great <laughs> plus that soundtrack is still fire that's it <laughs> um damn does it still hold up it, okay it doesn't hold up because it, it looks so cheaply but it does hold up at the same time because it's something that needs to be watched yeah you gotta like because it's like it's like in this like encapsulated this time of like dirty grimy new york and then but like it's still like a i think it still is a great story of like revenge and like you don't fuck with siblings and shit like that mm-hmm. um i especially actually i really like the confrontation between the 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 two the brothers between Dwayne and uh, belial uh-huh. it's like i mean granted it's like bad because it's him spinning around like oh, what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> you know but it's still like all these siblings that like murdered people together now they're like murdering each other and shit like that like the mendez brothers they didn't kill each other i know know. just making a joke oh my god you know their their brotherhood bonds are stronger because they killed together yes see horribly they were positive about their relationship (laughs) something positive came out of the negative and stop it just stop it (laughs) <laughs> oh my god <sighs> this is what happens when i get tired she do this more often we are like tired and say like the weirdest shit like go on keep it going <laughs> um yeah with that i think i think we're done <laughs> anything else you want to add are you good chop 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 oh my god karate chop so we want to thank everybody for joining us in this week's episode. Um, we'd like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, Kelsey writes for them occasionally. You know, I'm twice. Hey, hey, you're still on. You're still on their site as a writer. So fuck it, take it, go with it. You know, I know, and I know you're busy. Judy's busy too. You know, she tries her best to like try to keep the site updated. So I'm still looking forward to like your next review. I actually really enjoy reading your reviews. Um, so yeah, for all your like, because yeah, your positivity about my writing is a slow moving point. I know, right? It's slowly killing me. <laughs> no, it's slowly killing you. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, you can find this podcast on their site and on all podcast catchers as well. Um. Next week's episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, the Many Saints of Newark, uh, which is streaming on HBO Max on Friday, October first, or I. Like, it's always coming on theaters as well but you know if you want to be safe go on hbo max you'll be good um with that we're going to do our jerry to cinematic which is 1993's a bronx tale uh that is available to rent on amazon youtube apple and other vod services um the topic for that week is <laughs> back in the days when i was young and i carried a bat everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna bid you guys adieu Hope all y'all having fun out there, enjoying uh, the fall. Finally, fall's coming around. This is going to be nice and cool. 
Um, but before we leave all of y'all, uh, I'm gonna tell you guys a nice little story. Uh, you know, I've shared, I shared the fact that I've hung out with shady characters and interesting characters and stuff like that. I got tons of stories. Um, but there's one particular character, uh, that I remember, uh, his name is Jimmy. It's a rich guy. He had, he had a lot of drugs and he had this big house like up in like kind of the Hills area where a lot of weird people would like show up and hang out. There's always somebody different, like hanging out in the room, just weird shit. And I remember one day I went up there to go see him and he was nowhere to be found. Uh, well, not in my immediate view, but I went to his room. I was like banging on his door and everything like that. I was like, hey, man, hey, like, are you okay? You're awake, whatever. And I heard like some feet moving around or, or body moving around or whatever, tussling and shit like that. And he comes to the door. He like pushed me out of the way. And he sees all these people. He doesn't recognize it all. And then he must have just watched Basket Case. Because the next words that came out of him were, this isn't a hotel, it's a nut house. 